Hey guys, welcome back to the Happy Haven for a lovely Star Wars edition today. Well, kind of. I guess it's a little more than that, huh? We have with us today the one and only Mark Aston, who has the lovely luxury of once playing Boba Fett. There's only two people that can say that, right? I think so. Yes. Mr. Gnarly Canary joining me as always. Hello, hello. Yeah, so this Mark Austin guy, he was uh, Boba Fett for the special editions uh, uh-huh. in the original trilogy, and also is the um, FX director for ILM and Sony and Disney, etc., etc., so he's got some serious cool film knowledge to talk about. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I mean, that's a lot of different companies to work for. How many different fandoms can you fit into that? It'd be amazing. Exactly. So yes. I'm going to reach out and pat him in now. Awesome. Let's do it. So while we're waiting, what did you think of the uh, special edition? What did I think of the what? The special edition. The add-ons? Yeah. I'm going to reserve my opinions on that for now. <laughs> um, I liked them how they was, but, you know. Hello, hello. 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 Hey, how's it going? We made it. We made it. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> we did make We're it. Finally here. <laughs> Let everyone being hunted by a Mandalorian bounty hunter beware. Yeah. Yep. I find a way in the end. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <clears throat> so, uh, my um, volume level's okay or too yeah. high, too low? No, it's no, about perfect. perfect for me. Okay, perfect. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. So, Mr. Austin, where do you hail from? Where do I hail from? Uh, East London. Oh. oh very nice. Uh, Essex, I guess, uh, technically. But we were, okay. we're, yeah, we're on the border between Essex and London. So we're under the London borough of Havering, but our postal address said Essex. So mm. right on the border. Nice. Yeah, I've got friends that live, um, oh, what's it called? Sheppy by the Sea? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got uh, a whole gaggle of friends that uh, live there. One of them actually works um, security for um, one of the film studios over there, and she actually worked on um, the Force Awakens set. Oh, nice. And man, she's like, I can't tell you what I saw today, but oh my God. And it was like when they were filming it, it was just like, ah! <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> so how did you come about, or how did it come about with you ended up working with, you know, Lucas and Star Wars and all that? Um, you want me to tell the full story? It's like a, it's a, it's a story. Yeah. You want the full story? Yeah. I like stories. Okay. I love stories. Are we recording now then? Oh, yes, sir. Yeah, hold, hold okay. on. Before you start your story, it's a Star Wars story, so... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Everyone picture the crawl. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, it's an unusual story. Um, I was working as a traditional animator, uh, you know, doing drawings uh, in a studio in London, and uh, a friend of mine was very very much into uh, industrial light and magic and everything they did. And so he was going along to a, um, a lecture by ILM to talk about how they uh, 
handled all the dinosaur uh, effects on Jurassic Park and how they did the, the muscle jiggle for the brachiosaur and all that stuff. Oh, wow. So he was in heaven. He went to this lecture and, you know, that this is like his thing. And, and he called me up really late that night and said, uh, you know, I, I, got, I got talking with the guys after the lecture and hung out with them. We went for a couple of drinks and uh, they're looking for animators. I have their hotel number if you want it. So um, I said, uh, sure. I said, uh, you know, I'll, I'll call them up and see if I can show them my portfolio and uh, showreel. And so that's literally what I did. I, I called them at their hotel room and introduced myself. I, I said uh, how I got their number and would it be possible to show uh, my work. And they said, sure. And they were really accommodating. And I went to meet them and showed them all my stuff. And they seemed genu genuinely uh, Im impressed by it. So, but I didn't want to build my, build my hopes up. So they left. And three weeks later, I got a phone call from, uh, I guess, their head of recruiting. And um, they asked me if I could start work uh, in three weeks' time. So I sold my car i sold most of my furniture i rented my house and uh packed three suitcases and jumped on a plane oh wow, wow. yeah as, as quick as that <laughs> <laughs> so so this was during the jurassic park era or it had already it was come following out? yeah it was following jurassic park um this was uh the tail end of 1993 oh wow and okay. so um yeah, they, they said we have a, a movie that uh, Steven Spielberg is fully invested in. Uh, it's a, it's a, uh, a live-action movie of Casper. And um, we feel that it's much quicker to take artists and teach them the user-friendly software like Maya, uh, or back in, in those days it was uh, Softimage. Um, but it's a much quicker route to take artists and learn them, uh, teach them, uh, the software, rather than try and take a person that's technically proficient and try to teach them animation, you know, an, an art battle. Right. Mm -hmm. So this way around, it was like a 10-week training course. So I went there for a 10-week training course, and at the end of the 10 weeks, they asked if I would be the character supervisor for Casper. And, uh, yeah, and then that started my film career at that moment. Really? Is, is that right. the Casper that had... um? Uh, Christina Ricci and Kevin yes, Sawa yeah, in it. Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. I loved that movie. <laughs> I know, right? That's so awesome. Yeah, I was a character lead for Casper. And, and then uh, halfway through, through the production, the, the workload got so uh, pushed, they decided to scrap whoever was the character the lead for Casper and whoever was the character lead for the ghostly trio, which was, uh, it was Phil Robinson. And... They said, we're going to break up into sequences. So you're now a sequence supervisor. Okay, I'm a sequence supervisor. <laughs> so on the credits, I'm a sequence supervisor. I wish I'd kept my uh, Casper character supervisor, but oh well. <laughs> but yeah, that, that was, the, that was, the, that was a, a one-time gig for ILM. It was going to be an 18-month contract mm -hmm. from uh, January of 94 to June of 95. And I heard rumors while I was working on Casper that they were, yeah, yeah, they're going to finally get around to doing something with the new Star Wars. And I thought, yeah, I've heard that for decades. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, I heard 
more convincing rumors that no, they actually were going to make a start, but start re-releasing the original movies to kind of give them a bump in uh, graphics and technology, just to kind of, so they wouldn't have that drop. Um, you know, if they're going to make one, two, and three, and then you go back to seventy-seven version of Star Wars, Lucas was worried that you'd see a big difference in. Because back in the day with the blue screen, there were certain things the blue screen couldn't handle, which was fire. All the fire in the original um, Star Wars was pink. When you see the Y-wings blow up in the trench, there's pink mm-hmm. lights. Because it sapped all of the, uh, the yellow out, you know. Uh, and so um, he wanted to make sure that things like that were addressed. And so I was like, wow, that's, that sounds incredible. I, I'd love to work on that. How many, what's the crew size going to be? They said, oh, uh, two people. Uh, oh, damn, yeah. I, I got no chance there. Not with me being a new employee. And then, uh, then I heard it was reduced to one person. Oh, damn. And then next thing I know, I was asked if I would do that. Uh, would do wow. New Hope Special Edition. So I'm like, are you crazy? I said, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a contractor. He goes, oh, no, we got you down here as a full-time employee. Is that okay? Oh, sure. (laughs) Is that okay? Yeah. They literally asked me if it was okay if I I was all right being a full-time Industrial Light and Magic employee. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll take that bullet for you guys. Yeah. uh, Yeah, so then I rolled on to doing the creature effects for New Hope while uh, John Knoll, while he was uh, supervising Mission Impossible in London, was doing the spaceship effects. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, and between the two of us, we just did all the effects for that New Hope Special Edition. So so how crazy is that studio when you go in there? Like, they have to have props that would make, like, someone like me or me or Steps' jaw just hit the floor. Like, <laughs> yeah. stuff just laying around on shelves. And yeah. we would just be like, oh, my God. Yeah. They, my, my, my first desk, they showed me my first desk. Uh, this is where you're going to be sitting and working for ILM on, on this production, Casper. This is your desk. And above me was uh, like a, a plane. It was maybe 15 feet across from uh, wingtip to wingtip. And it was the plane from uh, a movie called Always, which was a Richard Dreyfus and John Goodman. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a, a plane that drops the, uh, all the water on the forest fires. <laughs> so this huge plane was not three, four feet above my head suspended by wires and everyone was making the joke that if there was a big earthquake that I was the first to go because this <laughs> thing would just take me out in one one it least be nice and quick so, right uh, this is where we put all the new employees <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it won't be but uh, yeah there, in the hallways especially there were lots of you know perspex boxes with um, you know Luke's uh, snow speeder and the tiny kind of figure he's I would I everywhere, would. everywhere. It was eye candy. Even when you went to work out in the gym, one of the walls was a huge, you know, glass map painting of a planet. That's just it's crazy. But this is the old ILM. I'm sure the new ILM is like probably way better than that. This is the old side. In the I'd give an breath. organ to be able to go walk through something. Yeah, like that. I'd have a heart attack. I wouldn't. Survive. Oh my goodness. Well, the, the, there is a, a ton of stuff around ILM, like, like, you, said, like you said, that, that you just die to see. But uh, when, when, on my first weekend, 
they, they took me in on the weekend before the Monday I was going to start, just showed me where my desk was, so I was kind of orientated and whatever. And as I, I was in there, he said, oh, you have to come and see the uh, pinball machines. What? Yeah, we've got <laughs> pinball machines. You know, they'd like you to get away from your desk and play some pool or uh, pinball to kind of, you know, get rid of that 26 inches focus length that we usually have working on computers. So, Right. Um, I went to play pinball, and in walks another guy I knew from London. Uh, he happened to be the, my old boss's stepson. <laughs> and he's like, what the hell are you doing here? I, I work here. And uh, he goes, oh, I have to take you to the archives. I know oh. these who runs the archives. I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> so very early on, I was uh, privileged to go to the archives and, and, and you know, not officially because it was off limits, but uh, I would take my friends and just verify it was okay with Don Bees and Nelson Hall, and they'd give me a thumbs up, and I'd take people along, and we'd look at all of the costumes, and that's how I got to sit in the land speeder, and, and that's where I first uh, took all the pictures I could of the Boba Fett um, costumes, because there's more than one. Everyone thinks there's one costume, but there's, I think there's seven. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's not surprising for different. No, because of yeah. stunts and anything breaking. Yeah. And also, they informed me that uh, it was the costume at that time, anyway, after the the uh, classic trilogy, that it was the costume with the most uh, individual pieces. Uh, I thought it would be something like Stormtrooper or, or Darth Vader or something, but they said no. It's, this it's had the most pieces to to check off on the checklist. Um, and to put on, you know, sequentially. So, so how how did you roll that into actually? You were Boba Fett, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God! So, yeah. <laughs> a right, like when I when I told Steps, I'm like, we're getting Boba Fett, and he was like, what? I was like, yeah, a Boba Fett. Um, so how yeah. how did how did that come about? I, I want to hear about how you became a Mandalorian bounty hunter. Okay. Uh, well, like I said, I. I got to meet, you've heard the, the intro to it, you heard mm-hmm. about uh, me being introduced to Don Bees, that, that mm-hmm. was the key. That was, if that hadn't happened, none of the rest would have happened. So, uh, I, I, I know Don Bees. Don Bees knows me. Uh, he knows uh, I love Boba Fett because the first meeting, that's all I wanted to see out of everything Star Wars was, <laughs> I just want to see Boba Fett's uniform. I just want to see some armor, a helmet, a jetpack, a blaster, anything. And he was like, come this way. And he showed me this table, and there was all the uniform laid out. And, oh, it was like heaven. So he he, uh, knew very early on that I I was, well, from the get-go, that I was, Boba Fett was my guy. And um, he he goes, oh, you know, I can tell you're a true uh, squid head. Uh, what's a squid head? Because that's our nickname for Star, the Star Wars geeks. That you know, just this is the, the heaven for them. And uh, I guess, yep. Yeah, admittedly, then I'm I'm a, I'm a squid head. <laughs> so we have to fast forward maybe six months, and then suddenly there was an email put out to all of ILM saying, uh, "Who would like to be a stormtrooper? We need volunteers to be a stormtrooper for this uh, stormtrooper for this upcoming summit." We're having it was a summit to promote the re-release of the movies in lieu of the prequels and so um 
you know, I, I put my, I volunteered obviously, as did maybe 300, 400 other people. And the next thing I know, I got a phone call from Don Bees, and I thought it was a phone call to say I was one of the stormtroopers. So, you know, I, oh, what is it, Don? You know, and uh, he's like, uh, uh, blah, 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 you know, small talk. And I, I cut to the chase, like, am I, am I going to be a stormtrooper? He goes, oh, no, no. I was like, oh, man. It was like a, a, a stab through the heart. Right. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, man, I, I was so disappointed. I went from so high to so low in so, so quick an amount of time. And so he said, uh, no, he goes, we had such a response that, um, that we decided to make it an even bigger event. We were going to have just stormtroopers line the theater and Darth Vader to come down the front and make a speech of, please come with us to cocktails and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, instead of it just being that, we're going to actually have the cocktails that set up in a recreation of the Mos Eisley Cantina. Oh. Equipped with all aliens and bartender and real drinks being, uh, you know, uh, into the uh, the guests and the the band members miming to playing to the music and stormtroopers at the door checking IDs and a land speeder parked and it was like wow it's like uh, he goes and we're going to need a certain character and I'm like you are kidding me I mean don't. Don't wind me up. And he goes, no, no, no. Right. Don't, don't tease me, up. Tom. <laughs> he said, just, just don't build your hopes up because everything fits to the flight suit. And, and if the flight suit, if you don't fit the flight suit, you can't do it. So come down one lunchtime and try the flight suit on and we'll see if it fits and then we'll go from there. But even if, if it doesn't, we'll, we'll hook you up with an equally cool, as if there is an equally cool, Right, <laughs> but we'll hook you up with an equally cool costume for for the event, and so that's why I always talk to everyone. And when they, they say what it's like, I always say it's like the Cinderella moment, because it literally was putting on this glass slipper, which was the flight suit. Right. You know. But Cinderella knew it was her slipper, so mine was even more kind of like you know uh, suspenseful. Right. So yeah. So. <laughs> Putting on the flight suit, uh, that happened one lunchtime, and, and as soon as that zip you know, got to the, my neck, I was like, in heaven. So they, they, I thought that, that putting the flight suit was all they was going to do. And I, While you're here, we just try uh, a run-through of uh, the rest of the costume. I was like, fine, you know. So they I put the rest of the armor on, and it, it was just the smell of it and the, the just looking at all the dents and the paint and the paint chips and the buttons and, and everything is I, I was completely geeking out so that's that's how I got to um, play Boba Fett but that was not for the movie role that was for this summit so they had the summit and I had to be in costume for um, four hours and uh I didn't want to take breaks. They were like, you, should, you want to take a break? No, 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 no. I, 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 let's grab a bit of air. I'm, I'm good to go. I right. Like, oh. I would have been like, look, if I take this helmet off, an entire room of people are going to see me weeping uncontrollably yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from joy. Absolutely. How, how hot does that suit get? I can imagine that it would get kind of uh, toasty in there, especially in a room it's full toasty. of people. I mean, it's, it's, it now has my sweat embedded in it. But um, <laughs> the the... 
the main thing about the costume is the weight of the jetpack is pretty pretty substantial um, yeah. and the the wrist gauntlets they 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 hang uh, you know gravity pulls them down and so the, you always get these big deep lines around the, your wrists where they just have like rested on the the top mm-hmm. of your hat basically and uh, but otherwise you know I mean even that pain was uh, a glorious pain to to have right <laughs> I would it, it, you know it, it was easy it was easy pain um, wear like a badge of honor yeah 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 so so uh, d- having done the summit they it was so successful they did a second summit and would you be uh, would you be willing to to do it again like would I <laughs> I would have paid <laughs> you to do it again and so um, I did a second summit and then. I, th- I figured that was that. I figured, wow, I've, uh, that was my, that was my, my moment, my both that moment, right, what was right there, having the, those two experiences and, and the initial kind of uh, costume uh, fit. And then uh, I received an email saying, um, okay, I never told you this, uh, but I heard that they were going to add both that into the re-release of New Hope. You should contact... Um, Tom Kennedy, and uh, I think it was Tom Kennedy, yeah. Um, so I sent Tom Kennedy, the producer for New Hope, an email just saying, um, asking, you know, or saying if that were true, I would, I would more than willing to to help out. Right. And so he was initially like, oh, who told you this? And kind of, uh, I said I wouldn't say, and I thought, oh damn, I've, I've upset someone, and then. Uh, I'm not sure if you know um, Steve Williams, but Steve Spaz Williams was like a, a huge icon at ILM. He was the guy that um, mm-hmm. basically invented or, or sort of paved the way for the dinosaurs, thinking, why, why can't we just move bones with the computer and attach skin and muscle to them? Mm-hmm. And so uh, he came along. He was the guy that animated the, the CG Java. So Yeah. Yeah, I, I do oh, not yeah, the, the name Spaz any... Williams is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's the only creature I didn't touch. And even though he begged me to take it over, I was like, no, that's all you, Steve. Um, <laughs> he came along and said, oh, I, uh, I guess you're going to be Boba Fett in a few weeks. I'm like, what? He, so he told me before I got an email. <laughs> and uh, so that was like, I, I was, I, I, everything's kind of just fuzzy. Um People ask me, like, what, what is like? And it's not that I don't remember. It was just such an overstimulation of your senses. Right. You're trying to take everything in, but you're failing because there's too much to take in. And so you kind of try and take in the whole night somehow, and you get kind of this fuzzy kind of wispy kind of recollection of the entire event. But everything's kind of hazy, and I think it's hazy because it was just unbelievable it's just like your your brain couldn't digest it that would be pretty surreal if out of the blue i found myself playing boba fett in a star wars movie i think i I think we can yeah we we understand okay okay (laughs) absolutely (laughs) so that's how it happens that's it everyone thinks it was uh i auditioned or something jumped in the suit and did the blue screen but it really wasn't. It was a whole nother thing. And actually, the best of all of those was the the first 
night, the first doing, uh, night I did the summit, having four hours that they said you can't talk. They said we'd, we'd like it like Disneyland, where Mickey Mouse, you know, he would sign the autographs and he'll like wave and yeah take pictures with people, but he doesn't speak. They didn't want to bust the illusion. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, but I can do both effect. Why is easy? No, 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 no. We don't want anyone to talk. So oh, okay. So, uh, but it was so fun just walking, patrolling in and out of those tables in the cantina bar. And, and every group of aliens I went past kind of cringed away from me as I went past or looked like they were worried. Oh, that's, and, awesome. And that's awesome. Yeah, and all the, yeah. And all the uh, as I said, there were two summits. The first one, it was all the license holders, and they were all the fanboys. The first one was all the fanboys that worked for, like, Kenner Toys or Bantabooks or Dark Horse Comics or whoever. Oh, cool, man. Nice. So it was so much fun. It was like being in character for four hours with people that this was all they loved. Mm. And so the the second summit was more the execs that thought, oh, that sounded like fun. I'd like to go along to that. But they weren't execs and they weren't fanboys. So they probably it, gave everybody notes. They're like, yeah. next time you walk by the table, do, do a half twirl. There, there's an 18 to 25 demographic. <laughs> yeah. They love twirling. <laughs> Bust into song. Exactly. Kids love songs. No, um, that's so cool, man. Yeah, and, and one of the one of the best things about the first summit was, as I said, you know, you have to kind of you know take pictures with people and stuff like that, you know. But w- one time, uh, a guy came up and he said, um, "You see that guy over there? He's the president hey, of Kenner Toys. We'd like you to go over there and uh, rough him up a bit." And manhandle him and chuck him out of the bar. Okay. So I gave him they a thumbs the up. We gave him the they walked day. off, and then I went over and tapped him on the shoulder, okay, and he played along. He put his hands up like he was surrendering, and I put a hand on his shoulder, and I kind of the same leak. implied that I had to escort him well, no, out. Got, got work order for he went along all the way to the door, and and he got to the door, and then it was all kind of I turned him around, sitting there, pointed back to his table. He could go back. And He's like, come, 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 come with me. So came over. And all these guys uh, just busted out there. Uh, the one, well, one I saw was a guy who pulled out his cigarette box, took all the cigarettes out, dumped them in his pocket, and opened up the box and grabbed a pen and started drawing. And the guy said, uh, uh, the president said, you know, we, we messed up the helmet with the original Boba Fett figure because we molded the antenna, the rangefinder, into the helmet. We'd like to get it right this time if you, if you don't mind if you can stand here for a while holy crap but I had to stand there for the, the Kenner uh, well Hasbro now but back then Kenner the Kenner guys to make all their detailed drawings of the uh, costume while they could you know Very and nice. so uh, I was really looking forward to that action figure and it turned out to be the the buff power of the force action figures that they released next <laughs> yes and, so disappointed, uh-huh. <laughs> so disappointed that, I mean, it wasn't just Boba Fett, I mean, there's buff C3 oh, people. Yeah. Buff, yeah, I know what you oh, mean. I, I buff Han, <laughs> but, uh... 90s so, Marvel comic version of everything. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so when they did the can, the cantina re, when they did the, the summit, that's the word I was looking for, and did they have the, the Max Rebo cantina band? No, it was the original, uh, Band members, the Biff. Uh, oh, yeah, the Biff. Yeah. 
Max Rebo may be my favorite character in Star Wars besides the main ones. I don't know what it was. <laughs> I think it was just that as a kid, it just got stuck in there. I had a little, back when Beanie Babies were popular, I had a little Beanie Baby of Max Rebo. It's yeah. here somewhere. I think my sons took off with it. What's Max Rebo? <laughs> Max Rebo is the blue, almost elephant-looking guy that played the keyboard. It, yeah, like an armadillo okay. a bit. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, there you go. I, I, I'm an old man. I remember. That's okay. I remember more. That yeah. was in the it was the Return of the Jedi that Max Rebo was the That's Max Rebo right. band was in. Oh, yeah. is, is that the one with, with the song? This the song. The yeah, they did, have a, they did have a song. Yes, for, yes they did. Yeah. Where the little Furby looking thing was like screaming. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Max Rebo was the blue one that played like uh, the, the keyboard thing around him. Yeah. And that's a very odd thing to pull out, but yeah. I know who you're talking about now, like super black eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Black yeah. Media eyes. I'm, I'm on board with yeah. you. All right. There we go. Sorry to derail the conversation with my fanboying for <laughs> No man, I've look, if, if if this was a video <laughs> podcast when, when Mark was relaying all of this, I looked like a kid listening to like was the I night know. before Christmas on the floor. Like, uh, and then what happened? And then? <laughs> yeah, so, and then? <laughs> oh, man. So, looking through all the movies you've worked on, yeah, all the fandoms that you've touched from the X-Men to the Avengers, mm-hmm. from oh. even, the, even the horror movies like Poltergeist and all that. Oh, wow. Yeah. What's, it, what's it like to just get to be a little bit a part of all these different iconic stories and to get to, you know, just like with Star Wars, I mean, you get to be a part of it. Yeah, no, no I, 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 I've been overly uh, privileged in, in opportunities. And so I've always said to anybody when, they, when they're like, wow, that sounds so cool. I said, yeah, I, if I died tomorrow, I could claim to die a happy man because I really feel like I've had my, you know, I've had my do. But um, uh, in in working on so many um, franchises, so many movies, especially uh-huh. for for so long, it does feel like, especially working with Hollywood, um, it does feel like a lot of the time you are kind of just regurgitating something you've done before. Just mm-hmm. it's just a different character now, and um, you know, working in uh, pre-visualization. Uh, is is a lot different to working in finals animation. Finals animation, you have a week to work on uh, a scene, and in previews, uh, they want uh, the, the basically they want the action sequence done as fast as they can get it, so they can start editing it and getting a feel for how this sequence is going to come together for the purposes of budgeting and you know and making those kind of uh, answering those kind of questions early. And so your your schedule goes from one week to work on a shot to five or six hours. You've got to do two of them. It's two shots a day. And um, when you do shoot two, two shots a day, and that's ten shots a week, uh, 50 weeks, 500 a year, that's over you know, eight years, that's 4,000 4, shots a, a, you know, in, my, in the time I've done previews only. And so, really, uh, 4,000 shots, you do feel like you're doing the same camera move, <laughs> the mm-hmm. same 
action. It just is a different giant monster or a different, you know, uh, yeah, superhero. Or, um, it's it's hard. It's hard trying to come up with something that is new and uh, uh, just because they they want they want something that, that their, their emphasis is make it read clearly, make the story clear, and to make the story clear, there's follow. There's a certain guidelines you follow, and so in following those guidelines, that's where you get the sameness come because that's the thing that works. Yeah. Um, but I I do love. Uh, I guess my one of my favorites was the original Avengers movie, just because I had so much to. I had so much to contribute to that movie, and uh, oh really? Eight, eight months um, solid, just. Um, Pounding out all those action sequences and yeah, uh, yeah. I, that movie still has some of the best fight sequences in the entire. Oh, thank Marvel. you. Yeah. Uh, did oh, you look at all of the the fight between Thor yeah. and the Hulk? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like stuff so like weird. the the Hulk punching Thor and. Uh, How much did and, you laugh when you got the scene where Loki gives this? Pithy anti-bullying monologue. And yeah, yeah. Well, and he smashed into the the floor. I would have died laughing seeing that before anybody else got to. No, but, but from my from our point of view, we we did that, and I was like, "Then this is never going to make it in the movie. They're never going to be this violent." And Joss Whedon was like, "Yeah, violence. <laughs> yeah, we want violence." violence. So I'm like, "Okay, yeah, I can give you violence." I I really I thought they would tone it down a lot. For the movie, and they didn't. I'm so glad they didn't, because so so much of the time it does go that way. And they, you know, oh, there's too much blood. It's like, yeah, but it's 300. You know, 300 <laughs> is iconic. Right. With too much blood. Like, can we make the blood black? Like, why? It's 300. It's meant to be red. Uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, that in that case, I was so glad that it, it made it into the final film. That's one of the and best parts of that whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, for me, watching Loki get slammed and just a puny god. And then, yeah, like, I, that was that was the other question. It was like, well, how how badly does he get smashed up? Because you know he can't die. Uh, but yeah. how much does he get beaten up? How much does Thor get beaten up when he gets smashed oh, yeah. around? It was a huge question. But uh, but we really did our homework on that movie in that we when we did the previews we found out from. New York City, which buildings the camera crew would have access to, the, the rooms mm. of. And then we only set up our virtual cameras in our virtual New York on buildings that could be replicated with a real camera. So um, that's mm. why the previous, if you, well, no one will ever see the previous, uh, because uh, previous is like the bastard child of Hollywood where they don't really want anyone to know how much gets done by people that aren't the director. But, um, <laughs> but you know, I, I'm, 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 I'm confident that eventually the cat will be out of the bag and then we'll get all the recognition that we deserve for all the stuff. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Look, they're, they're filming uh, one of the, uh, either Avengers or Black Panther um, a couple minutes away from me. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, where where I, I I live in Atlanta, Georgia, and they uh -huh. they they took over this old um, factory slash warehouse um, in Norcross, Georgia, yeah. and it's right near the house, and it's just this giant Connex village covered in screens. Mm -hmm. So you know, you guys do deserve a lot of credit because if they just sh 
film, you know, if they just rolled with what they were filming, it would be a bunch of people on guy wires <laughs> yeah. and, and like yeah, pun- yeah. punching nothing, jumping over things that aren't there. And, yeah. you know, so yeah, I, exactly. I agree. So, and, and there's nothing to be ashamed of. I, I, no. I, wish, I really thought that they could oh, no. put it on the bonus features, but I, I haven't. I don't think I have one movie on the bo- on bonus features, and I must have worked on fifty, seventy movies, and none of them. You, you know, find none of them on the bonus features. Yeah. It's really sad because there's so much work to be shared with, with some of that stuff. Uh, oh, most definitely. Especially with the Marvel movies and what we're going on right now. Things like Guardians of the Galaxy and all of them with all the different alien races and all the special effects. Yeah. I, I can only imagine how much of that is done through guys like you and that yeah. graphics work. Yeah, but we, we don't officially exist. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. You, you'll always exist to us. Okay. <laughs> so, do you guys also come up with character concepts for the digitally animated, or you know, like an artist rendering, and then you bring it to life, or yeah, yeah. Sometimes other than just it, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it depends on the production. Sometimes uh, you're given way more than you thought you'd. Like uh, I was telling uh, a friend of mine yesterday. Um, when I when I first started helping on not um <laughs> love this movie uh, it, it, but Battleship was the movie and uh, Peter yeah. Berg, Peter Berg came up and said uh, and I said what what do you want me to what, what I'm working on he goes oh well we're not sure what's going to happen in the engine room so if you just spend today writing out story beats of a cool up close and personal kind of fist fight between this alien and this big Samoan uh, guy who regards the engine room as his baby. Okay, so spent the day just writing out what I thought would be a cool back-and-forth fist fight between these two guys uh, in the confines of this engine room, and they, they showed me the engine room uh, model, the scale model of it, so I knew that what I had available to me. And just spent two days just writing out Action! Wow! Yeah, and then he he would look at it and say, "Oh no, uh, I had one part where the Samoan guy grabbed a uh, uh, fire extinguisher and used that to smash over the onto the side of the alien's head." And he, oh no, we're using a, a fire extinguisher in another part of the movie. So find something else to use. Okay, and then I have to go off and write new beats. And yeah, so sometimes you get to really craft. <laughs> Uh, much more than you'd realize. You know, this is before the storyboard artists even came in. They came in and followed my uh, my written work, my uh, written action beats. But nice. Um, yeah. We we were actually um, my my ten year old and I were actually watching um, one of the movies that you were an animator for. Uh, Meet the Robinsons was on. Oh yeah, yeah. That, we, I I adore that movie. I'm sorry, but that I have a big head and little arms part kills me even <laughs> even now. Like, yeah. It is a really good part. Yeah, we we actually we're actually like uh, working on another show, um, and it was put on hold. So they said, okay, you guys are going to help out meet, meet the Robinsons uh, for eight to ten weeks. So I, I got to jump onto that show and. Um, Otherwise, I, w- I wouldn't have had my uh, name on that um, movie. So, 
Is it? I mean, how how, how different is it going from doing the the the, the pre visual? on movies like that and then doing animation stuff for Disney like is it a big swing or yeah yeah it, for, like I said you have a week to do it and then for previews you have five hours to do it and um, so it's so way more intense but the nice thing about the two is that whereas doing finals animation for Disney you're working on your you know your one shot um with previews, instead of like the tree, it's the forest. You're working on the forest. You're looking at, look, working on the big picture, right? And uh, and fleshing that entire entirely out. Whereas Disney, it was like just make your shots work and you know uh, hook into the whatever's before and after. Uh, so, do you actually do that work in Disney Studio? The by. My work for Disney, the finals work, or yeah, like is it? Do you go into the studio like they used to do with the animators, yeah. or is it stuff that you can work on in a, in your own thing? And then oh set no, out? no, no, it's it's all because of the security issues. They want you yeah. to go in, and uh, yeah. So for Disney, I uh, I spent my thirteen. I, I mean, I was at Disney for thirteen years. Wow, from nice. nineteen ninety six. Uh, from after ILM, straight after ILM, to 2009. And, uh... That place must be a trip, too, kind of like ILM, like, just the history and probably just... just Just the people that you... If you stand close enough to Glen Keane, you're going to become a better animator, you know? Right, (laughs) that's what I mean. Yeah, like, that place is... Yeah, just 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 go down to the archives and and handle the artwork and it's going to rob us, you know. See, like, yeah, uh, yeah. Some but people the, want to go to Disney World. I would kill to go. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I would be much more interested going into that. Like, that's mm-hmm. crazy awesome. Absolutely. It's funny on the on the Meet the Robinsons. Uh, like I said, we were uh, loaned uh, to that production to kind of help finish it off, and. Um, I was already, uh, my mind was in the other movie that had been put on hold, so I was kind of, oh, really? I wasn't too thrilled about it. And so, uh, to make it, uh, we just had a a lecture at um, Disney talking about, it was all the guys that belonged to the, uh, uh, I can't remember what they called it, some kind of trust. It was all the guys that worked under the nine old men, the original nine old men. And wow. saying about recounting stories of having worked with like Ollie and Frank and all those guys, and so at the end of it, they finished it up, and I went up to one of them, uh, Dale Bear. He was part of this uh, trust, part of the guys that worked with the Nine Old Men. And I said, "How come this passing of the torch no longer continues? You know, how come we're hearing a talk about it?" But you know, I, I said, "I'm." I'm I'm scheduled to work on Meet the Robinsons and work on your your movie. I said, would it be possible if we had this kind of mentor-mentee relationship for the time I'm helping you guys out? Oh, no, you don't need any help. I should be coming to you, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 Dale. I'm I'm not... I'm not being genuine here. I really want you to... if, If my animation is in any way loose of what you expect it to be, I want you to rip it up. And he did take me seriously for a couple of weeks, and then finally he he, he said, "You know what? I've been thinking about it, and uh, if if this is what you want, I I would be glad to do it." So I'm like, "No, I, I this is exactly what I want." And so Meet the Robinsons was 
it turned from being something that I wasn't too thrilled about and you know, we're just going to help out and then come back to our movie, which uh, became Bolt in the end. Oh, wow. But, uh, but it became this awesome experience because there was Dale Bear, one of the guys that worked with the original old men, old men uh, making corrections to my, uh, my craft. And I was loving everything he, he taught me. So it turned out to be a kind of experience that I wasn't... And, looking forward to to this really uh, I really felt I, I grew a lot on that show just from working with Dale Bear but um, yeah when you do when you do an animation for movies like Bolt and Meet the Robinson I mean do you guys spend any time with the actual voice actors and the actors doing it kind of get those facial expressions down and stuff like that on Bolt I never once my character on Bolt was the Miley Cyrus character and I Never met her. Really? Never met her. Never <laughs> met her. I've, I, ha, I have to this day never met Miley Cyrus. And I was well, I mean, now that's I, not a bad you want thing. To meet, but... You want to meet them because of... <laughs> well, most people want to meet them because they're, they're stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's only ha- that, that aspect. You can't, you know... They, they can't unaffect you. But right you mainly want to meet them for, for the tiny kind of mannerisms and uh, idiosyncrasies. And I was going to say, yeah, like capturing nuance is so important. Yeah. We, the, it, it worked really well when I worked on, uh, I worked on Treasure Planet, and so I, I got to record and film Martin Short, who did the voice for uh, the character Ben. Great movie. And at one yeah. point in the, in the sound booth, he said, oh, huzzah, and his leg flew up. And I was like, oh, my God, I have to do that in the, in the movie. And so if you watch the movie, there's one part where Ben is like, oh, huzzah, and his leg flies up. And that is totally Martin Shaw in the sound booth. Uh, just, you know, unconsciously, his leg just flew up and always kicked himself in the butt. <laughs> See, yeah, that, I think that's exactly what Steps was asking about. Like, you know, I mean, for, for us, it would be like, oh, wow, I got to meet so-and-so. But for you, I mean, you guys... It brings yeah. more life to, to be yeah. able to capture that. You know, you see, like, the behind-the-scenes of The Lion King and Bambi, and, I mean, yeah. they, brace it, they basically made it, like, you know, wild outdoors yeah. for the yeah, animators. Yeah. So, yeah. I, got, I mean... I, I got to meet uh, D.B. Sweeney, and he was one of the, the, oh. the best guys <laughs> for, like, just kind of sharing and being human. And so... Because my character was Aladar in um, Dinosaur. And... Uh, you know, there's a big problem about how you're going to make these dinosaurs talk, with you know, convincingly, because um, they don't have, well, they're not meant to have lips. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of, uh, it was a very tricky uh, issue to kind of uh, art direct. And But D.B. Sweeney was so good at kind of uh, just being available for, for us to kind of, I kind of based a lot of Aladar's, uh, the way he spoke, on kind of the, the mouth shapes that D.B. Sweeney would come up with. He, um, he was really, really cool about the whole process. Some people just want to come in and record their lines and go. Uh, some people are more interested in what you're going to do with those lines, how they're going to evolve and what they're going to become, you know. And he was one of those guys. He was really uh, into it. And, yeah. With the way, I love video games. It's one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. And with the, the turn that video games are making to some of them being much more cinematic in nature, uh, more story-driven, with 
the graphics we're using. Have you ever thought about taking a venture into doing video game graphics? Yeah, yeah I have. Um, it's a very... When I... Like I said, I, I did final animation for so long. I got kind of... I, I kind of was getting burnt out a little bit. I, I'd been doing it for so long. I, I, my first professional animation job... Uh, my first job I got hired for was uh, April 18th, 1989. So... I've been doing this for a long time, and uh, and I, I just was not loving animation at, at the point at which I when I left Disney and I went to Sony for a short while. But that's when I discovered uh, Previs and thought, "Wow, this is new! It's, it's taking my skill set and applying it to something completely new." And so um, that's when I dove into Previs and and have been in Previs ever since. But uh, I'm kind of getting a little bit burnt out with that now, um, so I, I am looking to uh, to games more. I, I I I tried to get a job uh, with Insomniac Games, and uh, they're very hard to get into. <laughs> I filled out <laughs> really? the application form. Yeah, very hard to speak to a, a real person. So Insomniac Games, if you're listening, you're very hard to get hold of. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, Naughty Dog as well. I was hoping to maybe oh like, my help God. Naughty Dog. Right. And again, it's, like, it's really hard to break into games from movies and vice versa. Really? Um, I figured yeah. it'd be... Because they're so symbiotic. I mean, exactly, really, right? Exactly. It should be a symbiotic... I'm with you. But Switch. The like, industry... It's the same thing. Yeah. Industry doesn't see it that way. It's very hard. It's very hard to jump across. So, um... More people need to adapt the Marvel model, which is the TV shows, the movies, and the books are all worked on by the people who work on the books, who love the books, who know the books, who know the characters, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and then switch over to DC, and it's like, no, this department only deals with this, <laughs> yeah. this department only deals with TV, this department only mm-hmm. deals with the books, yeah. and nobody's integrated, everybody take your... Yeah, like, for you, what you do, how 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 does that not translate perfectly into how they made The Last of Us, which was actors mm-hmm. in a studio with the green screens, with the mocap yeah. suits on, and then just translating it. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, I'm, I'm completely with you on that, and I, I, don't, feel, I don't feel like this is like a kind of a, a outlandish kind of uh, you know, career change in any way. It's just taking my mm-hmm. skill set and applying it to exactly the same thing, it, and it's cinematics within a game instead of cinematics on the, the big screen. Exactly. Yeah, so. Anyway, it, it, it still might happen. Um, yeah. Now I'm kind of uh, in, in flux right now, so who knows what's next. Exactly. I was going to say, you know, what's next for you, but, I mean, breaking into games. Uh, I mean, come on, dude, with, with your resume, it'll happen. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like... It's just a matter uh, of time. There's a pedigree there. Like, it's, you know... <laughs> not, uh, oh, I'm a first-year guy. Well, give me a job. It's like, no, I've, I've yeah. done... These major movies um, I've done work for Disney, so hey, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I will if if it does happen, I'll, I'll send you a, a thank you note. All right. You're very supportive of that. Woohoo, dude! I mean, really, I Steps and I have had talks, and like, sure, like getting getting the big name people that were in the movies would is great and, and would be awesome, but I. I like talking to 
you guys and people who write comic books and people who write games way more than like, oh, guys, come and listen. We've got, you know, Thor on. No. Although I have this new – my New Year's resolution was to kind of push myself out of my comfort zone and do something different with 2017 than, you know, all the – otherwise not just to have another year of doing previews on. uh, It's just another Mm – and so I, I did sign up for an acting class, and I figured, oh, an acting class will really help my animation. And a lot of people are under the misconception that I'm an actor, you know, a full-time actor, uh, because I was Boba Fett. And it's, no, I'm an animator that is a huge Boba Fett fan that got the opportunity to jump in the suit. Right, exactly. But uh, saying that, I've always loved uh, acting. As a kid, I was always in um, school productions, and I, I loved that. But mm-hmm. I'm a little bit... Um, a little bit, you know, intimidated by, you know, doing it after the so many decades, you know, never having uh, performed. So um, I, I did jump into a, a, an acting class, and I have been doing a lot more kind of short uh, movies. Um, I've been doing a, I've started recording a, a YouTube series to accompany my Twitter account, and. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking that if anything happens along those lines, that I would pursue that as well. Well, well, what's it called? How can people find it? Yeah. Oh, it, it's not gone live yet. So. Uh, oh, okay. It will. It will be uh, Boba Fett A N H S C uh, YouTube account because A N H S C stands for Our New Hope Special Edition. I figured that out today, actually, while you were talking. I was like, oh, that's what the cadre of letters means. Durr. Yeah. Well, but the thing is that I, I go to these signings. Like, uh, they, they'd want me to, they'd have a, uh, want me to do these signings where every Boba Fett has signed this picture. Right. So they, they, they have a post-it note showing where they'd like you to sign, rough, rough general vicinity, and what they'd like written there. And the last time I did a, when, when I do a signing, it's like usually um, a signing of like maybe 200 pieces at a time. So Oof. It's, a, it's a long, arduous thing and you, have, you can't mess up because this is somebody's pride and joy. So if you mess up your signature amongst Jeremy Bullock and John Morton and all those guys, you're, you're in, in for a bad time. So you have to take your time on it. But it turned out on the last signing that I had so many requests and I, I don't know whether this is the people organizing the signing the, uh, uh, the company or whether it's the uh, fans but they wanted Boba Fett dot A-N-H-S-E and you know Mark Austin or whatever and that was requested more than any other uh, signature so I was like huh I might wow. I might I might use that to distinguish me from the other Boba Fett's, just to have that as my... It's very specific about which one I am, which movie I'm in. And uh, so that kind of gravitated towards that. So most of the time now I do add the uh, ANHSE on the end. How does one procure one of those? It would go nicely next to my yeah. Mark, <laughs> Mark Hamill. Hey, you've got X-Wing. Mark Hamill. You... No, I need it. It's never <laughs> enough. It's where, not enough. Where would we get those? those yeah. That would be awesome. Uh, there's these companies. I did, I did uh, when it first started up, I, I, if I got something in the mail, I would sign it, and, and uh, if they had stamps with it, I'd send it back. And uh, they got so crazy <laughs> that 
it was ridiculous. It was really, I was like, oh, man, I, I got to do something about this. This is like an out of control. And so um, then I kind of went more with a, a signing company. Um, there, there were several, but um, yeah, I'm on the spot now. <laughs> we can work, <laughs> no, we can no, work something no. out. We can work something out, but I, I did kind of tend to lean more towards the, the signing companies that would give me a whole uh-huh. batch. And, yeah. And, and it's like, um, you know, it's, it's just much easier doing it in one lump of like two hours or three mm-hmm. hours than, you know, every day being. I'm sure my, my uh, postman, my uh, mail delivery guy was hating me for a while. It's <laughs> all large envelopes. Oh, yeah. No one wants anything signed that is a post. You know, a post. Come to the door with a tip for him. Be like, I, I, I partnered with a signing company. Yeah. <laughs> Give him a tip, and he's yeah. just like, oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. But uh, yeah. Do you ever do the conventions or anything like that? Go around I, the convention circuit. I am doing one. Uh, I'm popping back to England. Uh, for July, and while I'm there, they asked me if I'd do either the 28th, 29th, or 30th at some convention. So oh. I, I agreed to do the 28th. Nice. So um, I haven't heard any details since then, since I agreed to it, but um, it's somewhere in London, and they're going to oh, nice. get me there to transfer. I've been there before, somewhere in London. That place is somewhere awesome. Somewhere in London. Yeah, <laughs> that's mean. I, I agreed to it, and I was like, "Sure, oh, any details?" And I haven't heard anything back yet. But nice. Uh, yeah, these, this, this is the way it goes. They normally kind of like to, like to find out how many they like to get people to kind of agree, find all those people, and then they start organizing. Yeah. The next, so. Well, oh, we got to get you to either Dragon uh, Dragon Con or MomoCon here in Atlanta, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. Definitely, but I will. I will definitely look for a way to uh, procure me one of those. It would really look. It would look really good next to <laughs> next to my Hamel. So I will definitely find it on the internet and figure out how to do it. Yeah, because I want it. <laughs> I need to get a new headshot because my headshot was uh, the uh, the the uh, the headshot was taken for. Um, it was a Newark convention, and and the reason I did the Newark convention is because it was a big convention uh, following nine uh, eleven, and half the proceeds were going to be donated to uh, charities and to the firemen and stuff. That's beautiful. So, I I, I got a thousand of these headshots done specially for that convention, and um, I took them along, and they were like, no, no, you can't, you can't, uh, you can't just. You know, donate your proceeds because a lot of people here this is how they make their money so it's going to ruffle off a lot of feathers if you if you if you do this so, so how, how about if I when I get asked to to do a signature I'll I'll keep one and then the other one would every other one I don't donate and so um, that's what we did it, it was like I think they're charging fifteen dollars for a signature. And it was like fifteen dollars for me, fifteen dollars for the fireman, fifteen dollars for me, fifteen dollars for the fireman. And uh, I still, in those two days in Newark, middle of nowhere, still came away with uh, like fourteen hundred bucks in, <laughs> in, 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 in this big FedEx 
box. But then, you know, then that, that's as much as got donated as well. So that's a amazing. That's really uh, cool. Event. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I'm on call this weekend, and it's flooding here in Oklahoma. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've only got the hour anyway, so. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, yeah. Man, I just want to say thank you. Um, Your stories were amazing to listen to. (laughs) Like I said, I wish wish that they could have seen my face. So the, like, you know, the the gasping at the right places. And then he said, do you want to be (laughs) Boba Fett? And it's... (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) But um, we definitely like having a... uh, repeat guests on especially as they have new stuff come out mm-hmm. so you know we definitely want to keep in touch have you back on whenever oh, yeah. you want sure. yeah. um especially with the youtube thing on the horizon yeah and yeah. everything else um yeah it'd be great yeah yeah the it's youtube a- thing youtube thing which is really gonna be you can imagine i get the same questions a lot um mm-hmm. and so uh, not that i ever get bored telling the stories because they're awesome and they keep, mm-hmm. keeps them alive and fresher in my memory. But uh, the YouTube uh, series will be kind of addressing like each one, addressing one of one question or something like that. Oh, yeah, cool. Like the time I met Mark Hamill and blah blah blah. Oh, oh shush. YouTube about that. Uh, that awesome five hours. But um, oh, yeah, yeah. So there's, there's uh, stuff happening in the future, but we can definitely uh, hook up again in the future as well. Yeah, oh, man, yeah. this was a blast. Yeah. Cool. I'm, I'm glad we got the sound sorted out. I was worried at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah, I completely forgot last weekend. <laughs> no, <laughs> man, it happens. We're good. <laughs> okay. Well, as long as you're happy. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Most definitely. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. Yes, you sir. Want, uh, need to send you a, um, a, a still image. Did you need a still image of me sitting here? For your yeah. whatever you're using it for, uh, yeah, it's usually just a podcast through iTunes, and it's just a logo. Okay, um, if if you do have a still image, I can use it on our social media when we share it out. Yeah, okay, Most definitely. Uh, okay, I'll ask Albert if he can just take a quick picture while I'm here with the microphone, and then you have a awesome. legit setup. So, cool. Awesome. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you very much. Okay, All right, man. Thanks, guys. Yes, sir. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Did you just say cheers? I did. You got a little English there on me for a second? Uh, you know, just a little cheeky. That was awesome. No, that was a lot of fun. It was really, really cool. Yeah, it was. His stories are like, that's <laughs> yeah. just the surface. I'd love to get him on like, I know. okay, Avengers. We're just going to focus on Avengers. And then Days of Future Past. I just want to like... Oh, no, it's so... It's so good, and like I said, there's so many different things he's worked on. From mm-hmm. Comic books to Star Wars to the animated movies we watched as kids. Exactly, so such a great time. And I actually noticed something in uh, Meet the Robinsons yesterday that I'd never had before, and it's so clever. Um, <laughs> you know, Disney's so big on World of Tomorrow and Tomorrowland, and yeah. you know, like each park has a Tomorrowland. Well, because he goes into the future and meet the Robinsons, they pass by a sign that says World of Today. Oh, nice. And I never really noticed that before, like that clever little touch there. So That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been a blast. It had has. A lot of fun. I can't We've wait had to talk Boba. to him some more. I know, right? Yes. 
the endless Star Wars stories we could get. I could just listen to it forever. I want to get to the point in my life where I'm like, yeah, I could talk about the time I met Mark Hamill. Oh, <laughs> like, ooh my, that's some good stuff. All right, guys. Well, until next time. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Oh, the tagline. Oh, no, we forgot. We did. No official outro. I'm keeping all this in. That's so anyway, so, so for you guys, that was uh, Mark Austin. Um, you can find him on Twitter at uh, Boba Fett. A New Hope Special Edition. The, the, the abbreviated. Um, you type in yeah, Boba Fett, it usually comes in. Um, we'll definitely have him back on. And Absolutely. pay attention more uh, through the week. I've got another one to do um, with the cast, and I believe the director of Star Wars The Force and the Fury that I'll be recording tonight and then pushing out to you guys later this week, too. Yes. I wish, wish I could be there for that one, but as I said, it's a water world here in Oklahoma. I can't believe we haven't floated away yet. Nah, dude, I totally understand. So it'll be me flying solo, but um, Steps will be there in spirit. Absolutely. And uh, we've got some cool stuff coming on later in the week. Um, the IDW editor-in-chief and a couple other things on the horizon. So uh, thanks for listening, and um, tell your friends about us, how fun it is here at the Happy Haven. Down at the half of Haven. And we'll keep bringing you. Howdy ho, Kyle. And we'll keep bringing you, like, the coolest stuff and the coolest people who make the stuff we love as often as we can. All right, guys. All right. See ya. Adios. Adios. Making the world a better place one nerd at a time. A time. A time. time.